0: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not job, as simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
1: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It
0: opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal.
1: Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. One and oh, the opening Edition of Rico Gronier. We have waited weeks and days and months, and we finally got to my favorite national holiday of the year, opening day. And this is actually a feeling we're used to winning on opening day. <laughs> it may not necessarily turn into a great season. They won on opening day in 1993. We know how that went. But listen, let's be optimistic. Let's be happy. The Mets got a victory today. It was not always easy. It was not always fun. It was actually a really eventful day that started off negatively. Now, it did finish with David Robertson pitching a 1-2-3 inning against the heart of the Miami Marlins order, making us forget Edwin Diaz exists at least for a few seconds. But let's not forget how opening day 2023 permeated our brains. It started by all of us maybe checking in on the Yankees, seeing how they're doing. They're having their opener. Aaron Judge is hitting a home run. And I think right before that, we get the news that Justin Verlander is hurt. And this is a stunner. Like When you see Brandon Nimmo get hurt, you see it. So you're like waiting for news. When you see Edwin Diaz get hurt, you see it. You're waiting for news. I always hate the surprise out of nowhere injury tweet. And I found out in the worst possible way. I have to be honest. I'm sitting there getting ready for the opener, sit in my TV room, and I see a text message from one of my wonderful co-workers, Big Mac, Chris McMonigle. Now, Chris and I have a running joke with each other. When Edwin Diaz got hurt, he thought the diagnosis was good news. And he made an honest mistake. When he first heard what the diagnosis was, he didn't think it was bad. So he ran into my office that day to say, good news, to which I responded, this is not good news. So now we have this good news running joke. So all I see is a text message that says, good news on Verlander. And I'm thinking, good news on Verlander, what? And I scroll up to see that Justin Verlander has a terrace muscle strain, which caused immediate opening day depression. Let's not lie to ourselves. Immediate opening day depression. I was so ready to angrily tweet for an hour straight, and I stopped myself. The only thing I did was I tweeted out, Jacob deGrom is pitching today. Justin Verlander is not. That's it. Just a simple fact. There was no opinion offered. There was no bitching. It was just simply, hey, Justin Verlander is not pitching. He's all going on the injured list. Jacob deGrom is pitching. And I started to stew and get so angry thinking back to all the discussions we had about DeGrom and he can't stay healthy. And Verlin, there's a horse and he won't get hurt. And now he has a strain of a muscle that I'd never heard of. So I was upset. I was angry. I texted Hoff. I think I broke the the news to you,
1: Pete. I don't think you knew about it, right? No, I did not. I just got to my seats. I was um oh somewhere else today, actually. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was I was at Yankee Stadium.
0: Oh goody, you were at the perfect Yankees opening day. Course. Anthony Volpe drew the greatest walk in the history of baseball. He had the greatest first stolen base in the history of baseball. Aaron Judge had a remarkable home run. Garrett Cole was dominant. It makes me sick to my stomach. It was such a perfect Yankees <laughs> opening day. And meanwhile, we're wallowing in our own pain that Justin Verlander has something called a terrace muscle strain.
1: You know what though? It's funny because when you, I did see your text, not uh, your tweet, not too soon after, and I tasted the anger in that tweet, even though it didn't, there wasn't much there. It was just facts. Yeah. I, t- I tasted the anger behind it.
0: No, I I, I was angry and I do want to, address, we'll, we'll get into this game. Obviously we'll give you a little baseball breakdown, but I will tell you that when DeGrom pitched a one, two, three inning in the first against the Phillies and he struck out two guys and he looked dominant, I was at the peak of my anger because this was right as the Met game was starting against the Marlins So the Mets are right away underway. They go down one, two, three quickly, and DeGrom is just destroying the Phillies. Now, I want to be fair. You know this, Pete. DeGrom's on my fantasy team. I have kept him for years. I kept him again. So I think I'm always going to have a rooting interest in him just for that reason. But as he he started to get bombed in the second inning, and he gives up a two-run home run to Alec Boehm, and then he gives up a triple, I think, to Trey Turner or a triple to Brandon Marsh, If I'm not mistaken, bottom line was he's he's just getting pounded. It didn't bother me the way I thought it would. As somebody that loves Jake and as somebody that has him on his fantasy team, I actually started to feel better. It's such a weird thing to say. I I always want to be honest with you, and it doesn't mean I was rooting against him. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was not rooting against him. I was not like yeah, kill him or crush him. It wasn't that, but I wasn't bothered by it. Like it. I think today of all days, it'll be different as this season goes on. But I think on today, opening day, what's supposed to be a national holiday, I didn't want to be angry. So I think the Grom getting beat up slightly made me feel better. I have to admit. You
1: know, I felt the exact opposite. I I watched the Grom get shelled, or I saw the stats at least, the stat line pop up, and I was like, you know what, like, that's not what I expect out of him, and I I I don't know what happened, and I just felt like I was pissed about that. Like I, it took my mind off of Verlander, sure, but in the opposite way because I'm like, that's the guy I wanted on this team, right. and I, it's like so now it's not justified. That I hope I was wrong, and I don't want to be that way. And listen, to be honest with you, it was a weird day in Texas anyway, because what happened to, to, to Nola? a few right,
0: know. right. Well, a lot of a lot of aces around baseball did not pitch well. I mean, Corbin Burns did not pitch well. You mentioned what happened with Aaron Nola. He didn't pitch well. So Max Fried got hurt, too, by the way. And this is I I really don't want to say what I'm about to say, but I I always want to be honest on the Rico. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show
1: is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal.
0: Listen to the deal on Spotify. When I saw Max Fried pull up lame with that hamstring, and I.
1: I, I, Do it. Do it. I know where you're going. I I enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) <laughs> because I'm, at this point remember what time this happened at this happened at like three o'clock right or 2 30 right i'm still angry about verlander i'm still <laughs> bitter about he's hurt i don't know how much time he's gonna miss the grom is pitching and here's max freed and oh oh his hammy hurts oh okay it made me feel better payback so surprised the by what my I was surprised by what my emotions did to me today. I felt better when Freed got hurt, and I felt better when DeGrom was throwing batting practice to the Phillies.
1: So so here's a question for you real quick before we even get to, to breakdowns of games. Did you notice I, – I felt like – I know Cole had a really good game with strikeouts, and I, I, I saw that, but mm-hmm. I felt overall strikeouts were a little bit lower today uh, in total, and is that because of the pitch clock at all? Did you notice that? Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe we noticed that because of the Met game. Max only struck out six. Sandy Alcantara only struck out two. But even Jake, as bad as he was, he struck out seven guys in three and a third, three and two thirds innings. And Cole struck out a bunch of guys. Now, I think it's just sometimes on opening day, guys don't pitch well. Even though we have all the aces going, sometimes you just don't get the dominance. And and I will remind you of this. I don't know why this sticks in my brain so, I guess, adamantly in my head. When the Mets lost Mike Hampton after the 2000 season, we were very bitter at Mike Hampton. And I'm not comparing Hampton to Grom, just that here was this big-time pitcher that left us. And I remember watching his first start. He went to the Colorado Rockies, and he pitched brilliantly in his first game. Eight scoreless innings, and I think hit a home run. You Uh can fact-check me on that one, but I think he went eight scoreless and hit a home run. And as that happened, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be a disaster. I mean, Mike Hampton is going to defy all logic in Colorado. We are going to regret not re-signing him. We're going to regret not bidding more than we did. We're going to regret the Colorado school system. And Mike Hampton after that was terrible. So it's just a reminder that what happens on opening day, we're going to overreact to, I'm going to overreact to. But perspective is important, just like the Mets winning on opening day. Mets win on opening day all the time. It doesn't mean it's going to turn into a great season. Just like losing on opening day doesn't mean the opposite. So Hampton was brilliant in his first ever game as a Rocky. His tenure in Colorado was a disaster. The same thing may happen here with Jake. I mean, Jake had a horrible start. He could go dominate his next five or six, lower his ERA, and win a Cy Young anyway. So it was weird. It was a, it was a very weird opening day and I had weird emotions. And then you throw in it, and this is pure selfish, I admit it. You know, I'm on the air with Craig after the Yankee game. So I don't get to fully enjoy opening day where I'm scoring it and I'm watching it. I'm focused on it. I'm distracted because we're trying to do a radio show, but I did score the game. <laughs> I got the first two and a half innings in before our show started. And then I proceeded to try to score the game while Craig and I were doing our show. And it's not my greatest work. I'll fill in some blanks, you know, maybe a little bit later on tonight, tomorrow. But I did successfully, sort of successfully, score opening day while doing a show. Then the show ends, and I got the last two innings to watch and be fully focused on. So one thing I was confused by, and I actually had a caller explain it to me on the air, was what happened with the violation with Jeff McNeil. Because I'm watching the game while doing a show. I see a violation on McNeil in 0-1 count, and now turns into 0-2. And I saw that Buck was arguing and Pete was arguing. So I knew it wasn't a straight up. McNeil didn't get in the box. But basically, we had Pete Alonso not getting back to first base quick enough, which is a a little wrinkle to the pitch clock variation. But one of those things that it's just not going to be a problem. It may be a problem on opening day. It may be a problem the first few weeks of the season. But I think that's one of those things where Pete wasn't in camp because he was in the WBC for a big chunk of it. And that's an easy thing to fix. But how about the fact Big spot in the game. McNeil's called for strike two. Could have changed the game. Takes a ball. Base it up the middle on the next pitch. Which, great compliment to Jeff McNeil. He's an excellent two-strike hitter. But also, a violation doesn't end your at-bat, good or bad. Obviously, a ball in a big spot or a strike in a big spot can change things. But look at Jeff McNeil. And it wasn't even really his fault. 0-1 count goes to 0-2. Big spot in the game still rips a single up the middle for a huge RBI single in that sixth inning. But that was a weird, weird spot that I was confused by because I was also trying to host a radio show while watching it. Another, another thing you might may have missed
1: was Max Scherzer let the clock go down to about one second, and it actually looked like he started pitching after the clock had already hit zero. And I forget who was up to the plate, but he called timeout. Because it looked like Scherzer went too long, and right. he was look he was kind of arguing with the ump for a second, like it went to zero. Why do I have to call time out there? And no, there was no ball, no strike called. There was no nothing, but um, there was a little. And they did a replay, and it showed that Max, because Ma- the one thing that we that we've talked about is Max is trying to mess with hitters, right. And Mess mess with the clock, and he went past it, and totally, I'm um, totally just missed it. That That is something again. I think that we're we've talked about that. He's trying to figure out where what the, the fine line is, where they can go past. In football, they can snap the ball a second late and it's you know to get by. Is that going to bite him at some point in time in the regular season?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's learning. He's playing around. He's obviously trying to see what can give him an edge, which I don't have a problem with. This is still extended spring training, if you will, those first week or two of the regular season is almost an extension of it.